is Charles Adler with guest host Greg Mackling on 680-CJOB. So our conversation this morning has been all over the map and a discussion uh, about infrastructure is always one that we're willing to have. And joining me in studio the, this morning, Steve LaFleur of the Frontier Centre for Public Policy. And uh, joining us by telephone from Toronto and the University of Toronto is uh, e economics professor Matthew Turner. Good uh, morning, Matthew. Good morning. Thanks for joining us, and Steve, great to have you in the studio today. You kind of, you know, you're, you, you, you're, it's your fault you're here today, because you post some great stuff on Facebook, and I love following you on Facebook. Do you need some volume on the headphones? You can't hear uh, uh, Professor Turner. There you go. Um, you filed this and uh, shared this article from Wired Magazine, and uh, the headline is, What's up with that? Building bigger roads actually makes traffic worse. This by Adam Mann, and he grew up in Los Angeles, so uh, Angelinos know a little bit about traffic, the proliferation of freeways, and how freeways don't always fix problems. And maybe I'll just throw that open-ended comment to uh, Professor Matthew Turner. Uh, is, is, is that basically the essence of research uh, that that you did? I think in a nutshell that's it. Uh, what we found is that for uh, a sample of all large U.S. cities that when the number of lane miles of highways, which would be equivalent to the 400 series highways in Canada, uh, increased by 1%, then the total miles driven on those roads increased by 1% uh, in less than 10 years. Wow. So I think we have this conversation with regards to healthcare and access to MRI and CAT scans and all sorts of other things. Quite often, when you open up a facility that allows you to do more of these things, they get prescribed more often. Almost an identical uh, situation here, Steve LaFleur. Well, I think it's also important to recognize that while... Um, the increase could be one-to-one. -one. Sometimes that road mileage is necessary. Uh, sometimes there just isn't a way to get somewhere. Uh, as we know in Winnipeg, there aren't a lot of cross-town freeways here, which makes it a little bit difficult. So in, in a sense, Winnipeg is a little bit different, but uh, the gist of the research, as, as he points out, is that uh, the idea that it will uh, free up a lot of, a lot of uh, empty road mileage really doesn't seem to pan out. Professor Turner, what role does uh, increased public transit play in terms of uh, balancing out this equation? Um, what we found was that the, the, the logic behind the result that we found was that if you add capacity to the road network, then someone will use it. Um, what you do when you build public transit is you uh, provide an opportunity for somebody to get off the road. So basically you're freeing up capacity. And you see exactly the response that you would expect. When somebody gets off the road to get on the public transit network, then somebody else fills up that space. And I can only imagine uh, having a quote-unquote, I lived in Toronto for three weeks once, and uh, the 401 is the world's largest parking lot at certain times of the day. Uh, where did this research and the impetus for this research come from? Your frust own frustration in traffic in Toronto or somewhere else? Um... It was just an accident. It was something that we noticed a feature. It was something that we noticed in our data when we were doing something else. We were investigating the relationship between uh, highways and the growth of cities and found that, that highways, uh, as Mr. LaFleur notes, highways are important. They help cities to grow, um, but they don't uh, relieve traffic congestion. So with regards to policy, Steve, and uh, the idea of keeping this balance between and that's a popular word this week, is this a balance uh, in any topic, but the balance with regard to 
investing in infrastructure, whether it be for cars and, and, and traditional motorists, whether it be for pedestrians, whether it be for cyclists, whether it be for, for transit, does this just conversation and this research tell us that, you know, that there's just not a blanket uh, solution to all these problems? Well, I think one of the things that it does tell us is that we do have to look at um, the public transit market a little bit differently from, from drivers and, and recognize that people who are going to drive often just are going to drive. So when we're building public transportation, we have to look first at people who are realistically going to use it and not look at it necessarily as uh, a panacea for, for traffic congestion, but more for increasing mobility for people who just aren't going to drive for various reasons. Professor Turner, is there a way to sway public habit with regards to how we construct or maybe, in this case, don't construct certain infrastructure projects? I think there's actually a pretty easy way to sway public habit. If you think about um, the way that we allocate roads uh, in this country, it's much the way that they used to allocate bread in the old Soviet Union. Uh, in the old Soviet Union, the, the bakery would, uh, would bake bread in the morning and people would queue up to get it. It was free. Uh, and, and as a consequence, you'd have a lot of waiting in line. That, that, that should sound a lot like your morning commute. If you show up uh, and there's capacity available, you get to use it. If not, you wait until it becomes available. The solution to both those problems is pricing. Is you make access to the roads more costly at peak times so that people will change their travel behavior and avoid the peak times and, uh, and it frees up capacity. That's been tried in uh, Stockholm, London, and Singapore, and in response to small changes in time of day pricing, you see big improvements in uh, travel speed. And I know there are jurisdictions on the planet where hydro is priced that way. You have a peak hour hydro that costs uh, more, and if you run your dishwasher while you're sleeping, now you get a little bit of a break. It is, this is something I know that you advocate for, Steve, this idea. Well, I think that it's important to realize, though, in Winnipeg, as much as uh, I'm sure people won't want to hear this, there really isn't a big traffic problem here at the moment. Um, there are sometimes issues, obviously. Some of them can be overcome with road design and certain uh, choke points. But ultimately, what we have to ask ourselves with road pricing in Winnipeg is... Uh, will the will the cost of of administering such a system exceed the benefit? It could be. It's hard to say, and really, it's just an empirical question that needs to be investigated. Really, there are only two uh, currencies, really, time and money, right, Professor Turner? And uh, we vote with one, the other, or both at times. Uh, yes. <laughs> yeah, I guess that's a kind of a yes or no sort of question. How, how do we uh, how, how do we uh, balance that dichotomy and and make people maybe uh, appreciate and value their time more? Why is it that it seems as though we're we're willing to part with our time more freely than we are with our dollars? Maybe that would be a better question. Um, well, the the roads are a little bit funny. Is when you drive on the road, um, you slow everybody else down. And when you're making your decisions about whether to travel, people tend not to value other people's time as highly as their own. And so they drive a little bit more than they really ought to if they were, if they were thinking about everybody else. The way to fix that is to make them pay for access to the roads. Uh, and then you get everybody uh, thinking about everybody else's time costs uh, by, by imposing this charge. Maybe we just need a, a, a like a taxi type meter in our car to remind us how much it's costing every kilometer or partial kilometer, Steve. 
Well, there is ultimately that sunk cost fallacy involved in driving. Often we kind of think, well, I've already paid for this, so it doesn't cost anything, unless you see a cost as you're driving. Uh, some, some jurisdictions, uh, Oregon is doing this right now, where they're looking at um, vehicle kilometer mile tax, or vehicle mile taxes, uh, which actually um, will charge you based on how far your odometer has gone. That, that's one potential way to go. I'm not sure it's the best way to go, but it's, it's one of the things to look at right now uh, in terms of seeing how it works out. Professor Matthew Turner from the University of Toronto. He's an economics professor. Thank you for your time this morning. Thank you for the opportunity to be on your show, Greg. It was our uh, extreme pleasure. And uh, Steve LaFleur, Frontier Center for Public Policy, I'll continue to uh, interact with you with this idea of how do we uh, balance uh, the spending for future spending on infrastructure, because it's a difficult question. And, 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 and have you got a, a broad policy in mind that, that you'd like to see implemented uh, for the city of Winnipeg, because we are kind of a, in a unique situation. We're not Los Angeles, we're not Toronto, we're not Calgary even. Right, and you know, I often tell people that conceptually the problems facing big cities are extremely easy to fix. Um, the problems facing mid-sized cities, which aren't necessarily as acute, are also a lot more challenging because there's a lot more nuance involved, there's a lot more balance to be struck. Um, in an ideal world, what would be great is if we can move to a situation where we were to uh, operate based on the user pays principle and otherwise if somebody is using a service they pay proportionally for it um, but that's that's difficult to implement obviously uh, if we can move more in that direction that would be a, a good step i think for both transit and uh, and cars because as much as we like to look at public transit as just a social service in reality we shouldn't look at it that way um, it should be able to operate viably and provide high-quality service that can attract more people. We'll leave it there, and uh, the debate continues. More lanes of traffic or more lanes for transit. We're not going to solve it in eight minutes here this morning. We did our best.